How many of you are thankful when you sat down that there was a chair underneath you? How many of you ever, have you ever sat down and the chair wasn't there? That's what I want to talk to you about. My title is Sitting on Nothing. Sitting on Nothing. A small room having walls that have been or have to be touched to be believed was displayed in a Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York. And, uh, it was acquired from a 15th century Italian palace. Its walls contain 12 wooden cupboards whose open doors reveal on the shelves about 100 objects, including an hourglass, a celestial globe, books, and musical instruments. The wall around the cupboard is paneled and benches line the sides of the room. However, it's all simply an optical illusion. It's a flat surface on which the uncanny perspective and shadows are produced by inlays of more than 500,000 pieces of wood in a vast variation of shapes and colors. So convincing, so convincing is the three-dimensional effect that nearsighted visitors occasionally attempt to sit on the benches but find themselves sitting on the floor. They sit down believing that it's real, but find that it's not real. It's all simply an illusion. It's a facade. It's tricking the eyes and the mind into believing something is there that is not there. And so these people are sitting on nothing and fall to the floor. The tragedy of this point today is that what would it be like to live your whole life to find yourself sitting on the floor of an illusion when Jesus comes back for his church? To believe that in this illusion that everything is fine, but it's really not fine. It's sad because people have become proficient at looking at others, but not themselves. So they sit down in their own deceptions. They sit down in places that are meaningless. They sit down in places that have no purpose. They sit down on a thought, but not a reality. Believing there is no God to find at the end of their life that there really was a God. Never understanding the importance of prayer. Never understanding how important it is to be faithful. Never understanding why we tithe. Never understanding what the truth really is. And what would it be like at the end of their life for them to find out they were sitting on nothing. It was all simply an illusion. This is not just for 
people that don't know Christ, but I want to talk to the whole church today and tell you that Philip was struggling with this very thing. In John 14, 9, it said, Jesus said to Philip, he says, Have I been so long with you, and yet hast thou not known me? Philip, you should know who I am by now. He said, He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou, then, show us the Father? Why are you asking to see me when I'm right in front of you? Philip, you have become distracted. You're asking for something that has already been revealed. And evidently, Philip, you are sitting on an idea that is not there. You're believing in something that does not exist. You're believing in an illusion, but not in reality. You have had exposure to me, Philip, but yet you ask who I am. You know that I have done, you know what I have done for you, and not only for you, but for others. And let me make application here. You lift your hands, but you don't know me. You sit with others, but have failed to sit with me. You sit with others, but you fail to sit with me. You sing, but do you sing to me? You're faithful to church, but do you embrace others and fail to embrace me? You tell others that Christ is their friend, but am I a friend to you? Then he says in the 10th verse to Philip, Believest thou not? He's simply saying to Philip, Philip, I'm giving you a demonstration of what I am to you and to these people. But yet you still don't believe that I am God. And so how many times, Philip, can you go to church and yet not believe that I am he? How many times can you sing your songs and yet still not know that I am the one that can save you from your sins? Oh, I hope you understand that he's not talking to the sinner here. He's talking to his disciples here and to Philip and saying, Philip, you have become so distracted by the song that you don't know who you sing to. And you come, become so distracted by what you do is your responsibility in the church, but you don't realize that I am your Savior. Just because you work for the church doesn't mean it saves you. Just because you teach a Sunday school doesn't mean it saves you. Philip, you have become distracted from what I am to you. Therefore, why is it that you would ask who I am? Believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but to the Father that dwelleth in me. He doeth the work. Philip, what I'm telling you is that you cannot trust just what you see. Are you with me? Just because they raise their hands doesn't mean it's the church. Just because they're faithful doesn't mean it's the church. That's why I have often said, be careful who you yoke up with because not everybody that goes to church is in the church. That's why they will say, oh, did we not... 
prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out devils in your name? And he says, oh, ye workers of iniquity, I know ye not. He says, not everybody that claims that he is their father is truly his children. This is why your pastor preaches strong and straight and with great, uh, with great passion as that we need to become authentic in our relationship with God. God is not just looking for another religion. God is not looking just for another church. God is not looking just for another preacher. He's looking for the chosen people that are called by God, that have an anointing and a desire and a passion that will say, I want to know you, Lord. I don't want to just have this as a figment of my imagination and I don't want to live this illusion but God I must know you for myself does anybody feel me does anybody hear me that we got to get a hold of God unlike we have ever had him before it wasn't just to Philip he was talking to he speaks to the Pharisees in Mark 8, 18. And he says to them, almost as if it were, he was affirming what Philip was going through. He says, having eyes, see ye not. And having ears, hear ye not. And do ye not remember. He says to the Pharisees, have, have you eyes, but yet you still don't acknowledge me? And ears, but you still don't hear me? And it's almost as if God or Christ was saying, have the Pharisees convinced you that I am not he? Because the Pharisees go to church. But they go to church because of the law. But they don't go to church because of me, Jesus is saying. Be careful, Philip. You can live your whole life and still go to church and still sit on nothing. Let's go back to what he was saying to Philip in John 14, 11. He says, believe me that I am in, I am in the Father and the Father in me or else believe me for the very work's sake. He's simply saying, Philip, believe me for what I have done. I can't just be a man and feed 5,000 with two fishes and five loaves. I can't just be a man if I'm telling another man to pick up his bed and walk, and he does so and is healed. I can't just be a man if I'm walking down the cobblestone road and this woman reaches out to touch me but only catches the hem of my garment and she is a woman within the issue of blood is healed immediately. If you can't believe me because of what I say, why don't you look around and see how great God is? By his work's sake, he says, Ah, if I'm just a man, how can I call Lazarus from the dead? How can I calm a sea? How can I call Peter out of a boat to walk on water? Have I been so long time with you, yet you do not know me? Simply saying, I'm in your midst, Philip, and yet you, you, you don't recognize me. I'm here. 
but you don't know me. You're sitting on this bench, this illusion, and yet it is not real. And I believe that the Lord is wondering, how is it that so many have been exposed to this great Christ and the God that is even present in this house this very moment? But they only see what the physical eye can see. and They only can hear what the physical ear can hear. This has become the destruction of the church today is because there are so many churches and preachers that are standing behind pulpits and lectors but have absolutely no credibility with society because they've lied, they've cheated, they, they, they do things that is completely contrary to the word of God. But the world is still looking for a people of God that are called out and are a people that are called by his name. I'm preaching this with a great burden today. And as I began to study this today, I was, I was really burdened by it and said, Lord, I, I want to I preach a message where people are on their feet and excited and people are clapping and saying, man, pastor made me feel good today. But sometimes we just need a reality check. A reality check. Because we can go on doing what we're doing, but I, I don't feel good about just going on doing what we're doing and, and feel comfortable in all the antics that we have created in our culture of the Pentecostals of Phoenix. I want to have a move of God like we have never had a move of God. I want to see people saved. I want to see people healed. I want to see an authentic presence of God that sweeps over this house until people are laying flat on their back and they feel the presence of God and say, God, this is what you're, you were talking about. Get a hold of the real thing, not just something that makes us feel good for a day, but give me something that will change the destiny of my future. I need a God. I don't need you. I don't need government. I don't need people. I don't need another preacher. I need Christ. Hallelujah. 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 May I go on tell you Philip was falling in a trap. Jesus was even dealing with his disciples in Matthew, the 24th chapter in the third verse. The Bible says that he sat upon the Mount of Olives. The disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming, and what shall be the sign of the end of the world. You have to understand this in its context because the question was not being asked out of a pure heart. The question was being asked for a physical sign. They were wanting something they could see with their natural eyes. But Jesus was trying to get them to understand that you will never see through physical eyes what he has planned for you. And so David even affirms this in Psalms 115.4. He said, the idols are silver and gold, or their idols are silver and gold. And the work of men's hands, they build these idols. They have mouths, but they speak not. And they have eyes, but they see not. 
He was trying to get them to understand. They speak as how they see it. But it's not real. They say this is right and that is wrong, but it's not real. They say, well, this is our interpretation of the Bible, and that's your interpretation of the Bible, but I'm telling you that the Bible is not up for interpretation. The Bible, the Bible can stand on itself. It doesn't need a slanted view. It's not a mystery. No, the mystery only belongs to the non-believer. But God says, I will reveal the word to you that are willing to be real with me. Amen. Somewhere we got to get to the point where we have this reality check and say, God, today is my day. I'm going to come in and just be real. And I'm just going to be honest with you. And I'm just going to open my heart and receive, Lord, whatever you you have designed for me to receive. Let's get real. Let's get real. How you see it is not what I'm interested in. That's what Jesus was saying. You're looking at things from a physical standpoint and I cannot be seen with your physical eyes. Because if that's all you see, you speak what you see. That's why we walk by faith and not by what? Sight. The reason I come to church is not because you are here and I'm not here just to hear uh, the preliminaries and, and when we have guest speakers, hear the preacher speak. Somewhere in all of what we're doing, there's something deeper. There's something greater. There's something more happening here than most would understand. And you might come and I consider it a compliment for you to say, oh, that was great singing and this is a great church. Who cares about all that stuff though if Jesus Christ is not here? Amen. Why are we even together? It'll just be a big social gathering but there's something more here oh come on somebody help this preacher up here there's something more in this house amen and as it was spoken by Rico already he will meet you at your need but you just got to get real because if you're not going to be real you'll find yourself sitting on an illusion and find yourself on the floor Hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Somewhere in this place right now, the Lord is looking for you. He's looking for you to open your heart so that you can see in faith and hear in faith what cannot be touched, seen, or heard. Physically. I want to, I want to, I know this is not one of those jumping type messages, but please bear with me for a moment. So many that are groping in the darkness when they can't even see the truth right in front of them. They're sitting on nothing. And that's what he's saying to Philip. Have I been so long with you yet you do not know me? Now, when I put together a message, a lot of times I have to back into it. 
Uh, I heard that term for the first time was when someone was, was uh, selling a car. A car salesman was telling me, you have, always have to back into the deal. So I, I figured something out by that statement alone is that I need to know where all this, this is coming from and why am I preaching this to you because it has to have some kind of point that you say, okay, what is your true point to this message? Now, I've made some points, but what is the true root point of this message? Here it is right here. Revelation is the 13th chapter and 11th verse. It says, and behold... John at Patmos is writing. He says, And behold, another beast coming up out of the earth, and it had two horns like a lamb. The deception is, he looks like a lamb, but he has horns. What you might think is real is not real. But number one, if you've never seen a lamb, you won't know a lamb doesn't have horns. Have I been so long with you yet you do not know me? See, because the only way the devil can clothe himself in sheepskin is somewhere he's had to kill a sheep. Because they didn't know how to discern the spirit of the enemy. Then he goes on and he says this. And he had two horns like a sheep and he spake as a dragon. And he exerciseth all the power of the first beast before him and causeth the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. 13th verse. And he doth great wonders so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth. This right here is what Jesus was saying. You seek for a sign but be careful for what you seek for. Philip, be careful because right here is the trap. And the 14th verse says that when he calls fire down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men, 14th verse, and deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by a sword and did live. He's saying... It was wounded, but yet it lived. How many of you remember all the way back in Genesis where it says, through the sin of Eve and Adam, that he told her that it shall bruise thy head and it shall bruise his heel. That's what it's talking about right here. That while... Jesus was on the cross. It was going to bruise the heel of God. 
but he is going to live. And now it's talking about the enemy, how that he is calling fire down from the heavens. And they're looking for a sign. But if they look for a sign from the physical beings, they will miss the spiritual Christ that's standing in front of them. It's not a demonstration of revelation. It's demonstration of a simple illusion. That's why I don't call it just demonstration. I call it demonstration. Satan is not revealing truth. He's demonizing the truth. He's covering it up. He's making it look so nice and so real. And he's making it look like it's something you can trust in. And he calls fire down from heaven and people are saying, oh, that must be God. But watch out, he's got horns. Keep an eye on that spirit. Because in the last day, that's when the church of God is going to rise up and say, I see the illusion. I see what the devil's trying to do. I know he's trying to deceive me. But I know that no lamb that's going to come to me is going to be in horns. It's going to be the lamb of God who was slain before the foundations of the earth. And I'm going to know that he shall save me from my sins. Oh. oh, my, 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 my. Hallelujah. Let's go back to Mark. I'm just breaking some things through, breaking through some things here today. Stay with me just, just a little while. And I, I, I know I'm taking a little time, but please stay with me. Let's go back to the 24th chapter in the 4th verse of Matthew. And Jesus simply says, while they're looking for a sign, he says, take heed that no man deceive you. Jesus is warning us not to allow the world to seduce us from the reality of truth. And Jesus said, take heed that no man deceive you. He says, search for truth. Not your own desire, because desire is illusion. Search for the truth, even when the truth sometimes hurts Seek for truth. Search for Christ and not for an opinion. Study for revelation and not for an or out of obligation. Look for God and not for religious presentation. Seek for purpose and not for politics. Look to God for hope and not to your government for hope. Because we, we're losing a lot of that. Look to the word and not to the world. Simply look for Jesus. Because he says in the fifth verse, many shall come in my name saying, I am the Christ and shall deceive many. He's saying, don't sit right there because there's going to be false Christs that are going to come. Don't sit there. Don't sit there. Don't sit there. Don't sit there. Sixth verse. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Don't, 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 don't sit there. Don't sit there. Don't sit there. Wars and rumors of wars. 
Don't just say, oh, it's time to quit and time to give up. No, no. He says, don't sit there. For nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in diverse places. He's talking about all the things that shall come. But see, don't sit there. Don't sit there. Don't sit there. Time is not yet. Don't sit there. Don't quit now. Don't, don't quit lifting your hands. Don't quit worshiping God. Don't quit living for God. Don't, 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 don't quit now. Man. Don't, don't say, well, I'm too tired. Or you're going through marital problems. And I'm, I, Lord, if my wife's not going to do it, I'm not going to do it. If my husband's not going to be the leader in my home, then I, I, I'm not going to live for you. You know, you don't stop now. He says, there's a whole lot going to come, but don't stop living for God. Don't stop praying. Don't stop coming to church. Come on, somebody help me now. Amen. Don't sit there. Don't sit there. Don't sit there. Don't sit there. Why? Why? Because that's when Paul says in 1 Corinthians 8 chapter in the 5th verse, For though there be that are called gods, whether in heaven or in earth, as there be gods many and lords many. But to us, but to us, there is but one God. A God who sits on the throne. The heavens is his throne and the earth is his footstool. A God who will never be defeated. A God who is eternal and everlasting. A God as far to the east as you can look and as far to the west you can look. You will have to declare he's from everlasting to everlasting. A God that holds up the universe and the worlds in the palm of his hands. The God that causes the ebb and the move of the sea to stop at the shore. I'm talking about a God that puts heat in the sun and light in the stars. I'm talking about a God. A God. Oh, there's only one God. I said there's only one God. And He is the God. He is the God of all things. And no deception. No illusion. No sitting down on anything other than the truth that has been revealed through that God. I'm talking about a big God, a bad God, a glorious God, an anointed God, a powerful and a righteous God. Oh, I'm talking about the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end God. I'm talking about a God that is here right now in this place to meet the need and the demand of every situation that is present in this house. I'm talking about a God that come down and being in the breath of a baby would also be the life of a 95-year-old person. He's the one that opens the door in conception and closes it at the end of our lives. Oh, that God, that God. But when he closes the door at the end of our lives, all hope and all glory is in the palm of his hand. Take my breath, Lord, but I'm going to trust you. I may go through adversity, but I'm going to have faith in you. God, I may be going through the greatest trial of my life, but I want to declare just as David declared, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. Amen. When the world seems to be coming against the truth and the Bible says that we shall be hated for his name's sake, I'll still be standing 
when debris and all of that opposition is coming against me. I shall stand. I will not be moved. I will not give one jot nor tittle to the things that the, the world and the idols of this world are trying to tell me. But I shall stand on the word of God. Oh, do you believe it tonight? Do you, or today? Do you believe it today? That we're going to stand. We're going to stand. We're going to stand. We're going to stand with Jesus Christ because he'll never fail you. We're going to stand with Jesus Christ. He will never leave you. We're going to stand with Jesus Christ because he will never forsake you. He is going to be there in the time of your trouble and in the time of your need. But also he's going to take you through to the end. Oh, I'm beckoning someone today that this, if this is not the kind of God that you're serving today, you need to find him for yourself. Because that's not the God the truth tells us about. Mm. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place right now. Hey! From every visitor to every guest, to every POP member I believe God is talking to someone right now and he's saying don't sit there don't live for what just you see and what you hear and then tell everybody what you have seen and heard and speak only fables from your mouth but see that there is a God that only can be understood if you walk Walk by faith. Walk by. In conclusion of this message, I want to say that every one of you are, are here by divine appointment. You're, you're not an accident. You're, you're not here just because you decided to get up this morning and say, well, I think I'll try it out. That's not why you're here. No, 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 no. That's not why you're here. God had an appointment with you today. And don't just come to the waiting room. I'm inviting you to go in to where the great physician's at. And step out of the waiting room. I want to give you an invitation to come down here and meet the one that can heal you and the one that can save you. Heal me. I'm calling you. So as they begin to sing, please, please, you stood don't put it off any longer. Creation. This is your day. This is your Eternity day. To know him for yourself. You spoke the earth into motion. There is but one God. Father of whom are all things and we in him and one Lord Jesus Christ by whom all you stood before my face carry the cross for my shame my sin weighed upon your shoulders my soul
say so I can ask 